Powered by Rev Media in partnership with TSN, it is season five, and this is episode 17 of the Rain Rigs Hockey Podcast. And as always, we're presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, who have introduced the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series, 15-year-old Sherry Cask. It's the signature CC Classic 12-year-old, finished with a secondary aging in Oloroso Sherry Cask. So all the hallmarks of classic Canadian club, with the added richness and sweetness of sherry. I think it's going to come. Dregs, I think it's going to come. I think the CC with the, with the, from the Oloroso barrel and the (laughs) sherry cask. I think it's coming right for the holiday. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like a, a, oh, that would be an, oh yeah. I'm intrigued. And and you know what? We, we've got to get to our people at Canadian club. Uh, to walk us through the process. Like, is this something, I mean, it doesn't seem like something you would mix. I'm, I don't mix anything with whiskey, period. Um, and I right. flip back and forth from a big lump of ice to just neat, just fine. Neat. Really? So yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious. I want to, because I envision it the same as you do. Christmas is coming, holidays right there. Right. Nice sipper with a fire going on. So looking forward to it. How's your weekend? Uh, how was my weekend? I, d- I don't really know. Um, <laughs> that's, One of those uh, big blur, huh? <laughs> yeah, it just kind of went through. I, let's see, we had a, we didn't have much soccer. The, I think I was just home doing, how about yesterday we had our, like our fall cleanup and yep. because I'm like yard work, right? You're, yeah. You're yeah. And so I, I do a leaves. bunch of it. I do a bunch of it, but then like the last little cleanup we have. Uh, company do that so there was i got lazy and there was a bunch of leaves in the backyard and so the fellas were there i'm like hey you, you got that lawn blower with you or that that blower with you they're like yeah i go could you take care of the back too so anyways these guys do an amazing job and so uh cammy comes home last night and she's like oh you you did the yard i'm like yeah i did it today and uh, oh, yes, you did. <laughs> and I go, yeah, it didn't take that long. I said, you know, our little electric blower didn't really do much, but I raked it up. And <laughs> Riley's eating a bowl of cereal. Riley's sixteen, and he looks up and he goes, "No, you didn't." And I go, "What do you mean?" He was at school all day. I go, "What do you know?" He goes, "There's no way you raked the yard." <laughs> okay, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> somebody else did it. He just pulled That's pulled the rug out from me. How about yourself? Yeah. Good one? Good Look, weekend? at the end of the day, it got done, right? It doesn't matter it who nice. did it. It got done. Yeah, I tried to you, take the credit, though, Drakes. I tried. You started, but then you saw an opportunity to make your life a little bit easier, and you yes. seized that opportunity. I did. I did. Life is all about How about you? you know what? Football, I, I know, eh? Sunday football. Little football. You. Yeah, Sunday football. But, I mean, so back in the day when I lived on the prairies, the Great Cup, I mean, it's still an enormous deal, obviously, across Canada, right? right? I mean, it's a celebrated game as it should be, but we'd have the great cup parties and everybody would bring an appetizer and, you know, it would turn into just a runaway Sunday. Um, This one, though, so yeah, I went out, uh, you know, had lunch with my buddies, watched the early NFL game, most of it, came home, and I'm sitting there. And and then, look, you probably were busy, didn't have time to watch the, the great cup with the Blue Bombers and the Alouettes. It was super entertaining, including right. right at the end of it. And you would remember the name Corey Philpot, right? Of course. I mean, yep. A, yep. Yep. Like I'm watching this is how disconnected I am with the the CFL now, which I shouldn't say because it's one of the premier events on TSN. Um, but 
you know, Philpot catches this this touchdown pass to win it for the Alouettes in the dying minutes. I'm like, he can't still be playing. <laughs> right, and then I realized right. it's his son. <laughs> you dummy. You dummy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, boy. But, uh, by uh, the way, one thing I did watch that just reminded me, uh, did you catch any of the F1 race from Vegas? No, just the highlights. Oh, man. Yeah. Did it look awesome. So the, this is my favorite part of the race. Yeah. Max Verstappen's trying to pass, and they go, oh, he didn't have enough room on that straightaway. It was only 1.2 miles. Yeah. They're doing down the street. <laughs> 1.2 miles, they were doing like 207 miles an hour. Oh, boy. It, man, just... It, and it looked, it's like Vegas, right? It looked great. The lights are up. They go down the back stretch, and I said to Cammy, hey, I've been in that CVS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a big CVS yeah. right in the thing. And you're like, man, what what great track line for them. You know, you you were on me like two, three years ago, uh, one yeah. of the episodes of the Rain Dregs podcast. You got to watch this documentary. Mm-hmm. You got to watch this document. I still haven't watched it. Dregs, which if you is, watch I, it, you'll watch the races. You will. I will. They did a great job. And I hope I hope other leagues take and see what they did and go, man, that's a real connective way to get yeah. eyeballs on what our players do and who they are. Yeah. It's, it's kind of why I'm disappointed that Ryan Reynolds didn't end up in the National Hockey League, whether it was specific to Ottawa or not. Just because of everything that he's done with football in in Europe, um, just to I, I'm just intrigued to see what he could do, or if he would have had the same layers of interest to do what he's done in football right. in in hockey and in the NHL. But perhaps we'll find out one day, but not anytime soon. You're going to be excited with this as we go into headlines because you're a sweets guy. You know, yep. traveled with you a lot. I remember in Paris. Walking by the pastry shops. Oh, here we go. Your head was on a swivel, man. You're like, ooh, look at that. Is that chocolate? I, oh, I thought, sorry. I thought you were going to talk about when I ducked into the chocolate shop. Yeah. And I bought these three little chocolates. Oh, they, I was so excited. I was going to eat them after dinner. Went for dinner. I'm almost certain you were there. I know Gord. Oh, yeah, was I was there. there. Yeah. And uh, the chocolates melted in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> my shirt was like so a disappointed. Oh, what a what <laughs> sad moment. Well, this is why you're, you're, you're going to be excited going into the Tim Hortons headlines because Tim Hortons now has some tasty beverages to go along with oh. the baked goods, Ray, and their menu for the holidays coming up. Uh, I haven't tried it, but I will today. Their new non-alcoholic Bailey's flavored Tim Hortons classics. Oh. I mean, we've we've seen the commercials now. It looks delicious. Mm-hmm. It's a Bailey's cream coffee. So it's the classic taste of Tim's original blend coffee, infused, of course, with the flavor of Bailey's and cream, non-alcoholic. And also a wide variety of holiday drinks that go along with those baked goods that you so like. So it's I only will. at Tim's. Can't wait to get in there. Down the street. Yeah. All right. Uh, there's a lot of positive stuff that's happening around the National Hockey mm. League, but we're kind of a headline grabber, which is mm. why it is the Tim Hortons headlines. So let's start with some of the not-so-positive stuff. Um, mm. And it's not often that the Columbus Blue Jackets would lead headlines on the Rain Dregs Hockey Podcast, but here we are. You know, every other day, Ray, it seems like there's something else going on with the Blue Jackets. So they healthy scratch Patrick Lyonet on Sunday in a 5-2 loss. According to head coach Pascal Vincent, Liney didn't take the news very well. Um, why would he? 
you know, but, and, and we've talked about the benching of Goudreau. It just feels like this culture set is getting a little bit out of hand. Like, do you honestly think that Patrick Lyonet is going to change the way he plays or approaches the game to a point where they're not going to have to crack him. Like he, he doesn't seem like that personality to me that he is going to be coached to a place where he's finally going to adapt. Does he seem that way to you? No, he doesn't. And I don't know why anybody would be surprised after this many years that, um, that he's a, a tough egg to crack at times. So here's, here's this to me starts uh, and lands on the feet of Mike Babcock still because you put Pascal Vincent into a terrible spot. He's already, every player knows there that he was bypassed for that coaching job twice, right? They went and hired somebody else twice. Yeah. And no matter what Yarmo Kekaline and the GM says, to say he's a terrific coach, but you know, and we're excited to have him, well, Kind of know you're not because you would have hired him twice before mm-hmm. for whatever, whatever the reason was. So you go back to that. You can't fix that. Everybody in the game of, well, I was going to say in the game of hockey, but everybody in most every sport knows being an assistant coach and then becoming a head coach with the same team is a, it's a virtual impossibility because yeah. of the, the way that you have to conduct yourself as an assistant coach and the way you have to conduct yourself as a head coach. They're two different things and they don't almost never mesh. So you've put your new head coach in a terrible spot. He wants to change the way things are going. Well, he didn't have a training camp to implement stuff. You just had to kind of run headlong into it. And this, this is kind of like, there's an old fable about you know, wading into the, into the waves and punching the waves. And, and of course you're going to lose every time until eventually you accept what the waves give you. You learn like on a surfboard and you surf with the waves in Columbus. They're fighting everybody. The management and the coaches are fighting everybody trying to reset this thing. It's not going to work. It doesn't work. It's clear. We've seen it. They've got one of the worst records in the, in the league again. So Mm -hmm. if, if this is what it's going to be all year, it's just going to be another year where they're climbing uphill. And yeah. it just, it's, look, it's easy for me to see. I'm, I'm sitting here in, in my house, but it's the wrong approach. You're not, you're not going to change Johnny Goudreau and Patrick Line and you can't have 20 Boone Jenners. That's not the way it works, right? Like you've got talented, creative people and you've got to figure out a way to connect to them. How about they mm-hmm. told David Yurichek, the the nineteen year old defenseman, go get a place, and then they sent him to the minors. Yeah, like what? What's that's just not the way things are done. And pretty soon, it it they're at a point here where individual benchings are not going to work. They have to find a way to unite the team, and this is this is not the way to do it. No, on ice. So Aaron Portsline at the Athletic uh, wrote a pretty in-depth piece. I'm sure you read it. Um, yeah. You know, Columbus has used 35 different forward lines in 19 right. games. 35. Yeah. I don't know what the average would be. I mean, coaches change their line combinations a lot. Yeah. 35 seems like an extraordinary number to me. I, I would say unless you're decimated by injuries, you could probably come up with 25. 
And the yeah. reason I say that is there would be somebody banged up in a game. You got to change your line. There would be right. maybe a line switch for a couple of minutes here and there. Um, if you're, cha- if you're changing the lines that much, that means whatever you're seeing on the ice, you don't like <laughs> Yeah, often. And yeah. so even, even along with this Dregs, I just, I just thought of this. So they've sent, they sent down Kent Johnson, um, their first rounder from a couple of years ago, like they're kind of neither a young team nor an old team. Are they a big team? Are they a small team? They're, they're a team with no identity and they're just, they're just a franchise and that place should be better than it is. They've been close a couple of times and they always seem to get kicked in the teeth there, but it is, uh, you know, with player movements and such, but they just, it, it's, it's not right. It's just, it's not, it's not going to turn the way it is. All right, to Vancouver, and I'm going to steal a, a line from the younger brother, Jack Hughes, in referencing Quinn, the captain of the Canucks, sure. his older brother. Quinn is on a heater, Ray. Uh, yeah. Goal and an assist in the 3-1 win against the San Jose Sharks. I mean, we know what San Jose is. We know what they're not, and we know what the direction the San Jose Sharks are hoping. Uh, but that's not to take anything away from the Canucks or Hughes. He leads the National Hockey League now with 30 points, 8 goals, and 22 assists. So... I mean, we, we, we get, it's, it's not like this year is his breakout year, per se. I don't think it is. I mean, we've seen the talent level of Quinn Hughes basically from the get-go when he stepped into the National Hockey League. But I think it is fair to say, of course, that he has elevated his game. So how, aside from the obvious, in your opinion, aside from the points, and, and why? Like, what, is it something that he's done? Is it his level of confidence? How do you read what we're seeing now from Quinn Hughes? Um, I, I think it's, you know, it's maturity, you know, like he's still a really young guy. Um, but it's a maturity to realize what he is. The one thing the Hughes boys are is they're confident. They're, they're confident in their ability as, as they should be, but they're confident that they can be not just players, but difference makers. Uh, number two being named captain, I think has just puffed him up with air. Like he is... (laughs) Like you can just see the way he carries himself. He's never a, he's a really interesting guy. He's never a, Hey, look at me sort of guy. But when he speaks, like he, he says some things that land with a sledgehammer. Like he is, he is very forceful in the way that he is, but his personality is not big and bold and, and dynamic. His skating is unbelievable. Drake's when he goes along, I did the game last night. Yeah. He goes along the offensive blue line. It's like he drops quicksand behind him and that everybody else just gets stuck. And you're like, <laughs> where is he going? And then he scored. Yeah. And then him and him and Heronic on the blue line play together. They set up JT Miller for his goal. Um, he did say over the summer, the one thing he wanted to work on um, is his shot. He wanted to get more pucks to the net, but he wanted to be more of a scoring threat. His career high is eight goals. He tied it last night. I don't know how many shots he had last night, but he had 55 coming into the game. Hmm. And when you say how or why, whatever, sometimes the numbers are just so impressive. You got to look at them and and just go, holy, that's amazing. There's been, after 20 games, there's been two defensemen that have led the NHL in scoring after 20 games in a season. Mm -hmm. Al McGinnis did it once and Bobby Orr did it five times. <laughs> That's it. And now Quinn Hughes. So it's uh, a remarkable <laughs> it's start. 
Oh yeah. man, a remarkable start. He's just he's just so good. He's like he, yeah. he can pass and his like his skating and now his shot adds to it. And the one mark on him and the reason Detroit passed on him, which you know Philip Zadina was in the game yesterday too. He went one pick ahead of Hughes, yeah. but they passed on him because they didn't. They thought at his size he was going to have a tough time defending. And what he does is he defends with his feet. He yeah. is incredibly mobile. And at the very top of NHL defensemen, um, I'm doing the game tomorrow in Denver or Kale yeah. McCarr and Quinn Hughes. And, Ooh boy. you know, I mean, that is, that's a pair of defensemen that play the game unlike most in the, in the NHL. All right, sidebar from that Vancouver-San Jose game, Nils Hoglander gets the five-minute match. Mm. Um, I mean, they called it an attempt to injure. Uh, Department of Player Safety doesn't love when we throw out the term slew foot. But I mean, right. essentially, that's what it was, right? They like right. to call it a dangerous trip or whatever, whatever sure. the language is. Right. Um, this doesn't elevate the supplemental discipline for me, um, but it'll be interesting. I think they got the call on the ice right, right? I mean, it was a dangerous play. Oh, you know what? You know what's unreal, Drake? And I got to give the officials some props here. I mean, that thing was, uh, I don't know, eight feet from me. Yeah, and. It just looked to me like, like two players that were, you know, going to crash together on a little puck battle, yeah. and um, it was Kevin LeBanc and and Hoaglander, and so the two or the two referees and one of the linesmen congregated at the penalty box, and the linesman had the best view of it, mm -hmm. and he's allowed to help in that spot, sure. and when you when you look at the replay, it's like oh yeah. He he got his leg underneath. Now there's half the game roughly left. I think that almost translates into the one game. Yeah. Uh for him. I if it's anything, it's one game, but I, I but they got the call absolutely right. They really did. That was it. That was that was really good work by the officials to to get that right. Yeah. Uh, William Nylander, Ray, enjoyed some home cooking as part of the Global Series in Sweden. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Willie. And, and you know, obviously everything kind of directs then to a contract negotiation, where he might end up and how are the Leafs going to Kaching, cling, cling, yeah, cling. <laughs> I mean, but we also have a question coming up in Ask Ray and Dregs anything about William Nylander, which... I, th I don't think it's going to ruffle your feathers, but I, I think it's Oh, yeah, it's you do, because that's why you, that's why you threw it out there. I <laughs> yeah. <know> you did. <laughs> so Willie extends his point streak to 17. And I think an unfair rap on Willie is he's, he's certainly more consistent this year. I mean, right. consistently making his way to being a superstar in, in the National right. Hockey League. And, you know, we talked about maturity and confidence at Quinn Hughes a minute or so ago. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that that's what we're seeing in some of the plays that Nylander has completed. I think to the Hall of Fame game, the first goal he scored against Calgary. And maybe a year ago, he doesn't fight through the defense and then, you know, battle his way to the net and finish the way that he finished. And then, of course, he scores the dramatic overtime winner, you know, the other mm -hmm. night, uh, other day against Minnesota. And everybody's up, upset because the Leafs weren't able to hold on to a two-goal lead. Well, okay, I get it. But the, the Wild fought pretty hard in that game. They want to win, too. So it goes to overtime, and Willie spots that forward who's backing up three-on-three. Three and Whoops. He carves around him. When you 
And I get, you know, again, I'm kind of rambling here, but I like the cutaways and seeing his dad and his family. Just oh, it's awesome. Loving every, and his dad was a pretty good player, correct? I mean, his dad oh, yeah. was a good NHL player. So when you watch Nylander now, what are you seeing? And, and should we be able to expect that much more in based of where he's headed? Um, I I personally think he's a he's a player that is in the is is it in the prime, very prime of his career. I don't think this is a six month thing. I don't think it's a uh, a contract year thing. And this this is why I don't think it's a contract year thing. He has no pressure, none, zero, to perform for a contract because. If something happens and the Leafs don't want to sign him, how many teams oh, are lined up out the door to sign William Nylander? And if they're not, they should be. He 100%. has been a a. It, just look back. He's been. He's now a proven playoff performer. When, as Brad Treliving calls it, the rink gets smaller in the playoffs. That doesn't seem to bother him. It seems to bother other players, but it doesn't seem to bother Nylander. I think he is, he's not, while he's not tall, he's big, like he's, he's thick, he's strong. He's in the, I think he's in the prime of his career and that number is not getting smaller. And all no. this stuff about, oh, take a hometown discount, garbage, yeah. garbage. You take the deal that's best for you that you can get. Now, Toronto's in a pickle mm. here yeah, because the number is going to be big and it yeah. deserves to be big. And if people think, I know I keep hearing like, oh, you know, this is a, because it's this contract year, he's just, you know, he's, he's doing things a little better this year. He's, I mean, he's having the best year of his career, but he had a hell of a year last year. He did. Yeah. He was terrific last year. This is, we're on a run of years here where I'd be shocked if Neiland is not among the best players. There's not five players in the game better than him right now. No, we'll get to Florida and Edmonton momentarily. I might radio you here, so I got to be careful. Uh, in this market in Toronto, uh, the yeah. name that's constantly thrown out there, if you're handing out $11 million contracts, and that's really the stratosphere where Nylander has approached to mm-hmm. this point, right? I mean, comparatively speaking, that's where he is. Huh. So part of, of the analysis of this situation moving forward in Toronto is, okay, well, you got to break up the band. One of those guys has to go. And the most obvious, the most talked about is Mitch Marner. Do you give up on the talent of Mitch Marner? Um, maybe because of what you just talked about. Nylander has been a playoff performer. Marner's points are there, but he just doesn't seem to be as confident as he normally should be or would be. If there's well, I- a top defenseman available... Do you throw Marner? Not this season. You're going to use him past the trade deadline. We're talking, mm-hmm. if you're moving Mitch Marner or a piece like that, it's it's likely in the offseason for sure. Would you do it? Okay. So, no. Not, I, I mean, I certainly wouldn't clamor to do it. That's for sure. But when you say a top defenseman, you're not talking about a number two defenseman. No. Yeah. You, you know, and so how many guys are going to trade a top defenseman for <laughs> a very good winger? They're just not right. Like that, you can't find the defenseman. You've got a chance to find a winger a lot easier than a number one D. Um, yeah. the, here, here's the the real crux of this whole thing, Dregs, is that you're looking at a one year problem in Toronto. It's just one year mm-hmm. because that's what Tavares has on his deal after this year, correct? 
Yeah. And yeah. then and then you're out of your cap jail for as much you want to spend on your top forwards. But yeah. in that one year, like you, you, I wouldn't want to blow up my team, which is your core, for one year. The only way you do it is if you go, you know what, by making this move, we are better. Because you have to push that one year forward and say, okay, if we trade Marner, that means we don't have Marner and Tavares. So the big four right. is really a big two. Yeah. It changes the complexion of your team Ooh. in a massive way. But it is a – that's a franchise-altering trade if they decide <laughs> to move. It definitely is. If they decide to move Marner. It's not – it's not for pieces here. Like this is, yeah. you're you're looking. You're not looking for four players back. You're looking for one, and yeah. right because it has to be a game changer for you. You know, Brad Turliving didn't have a lot of hair when he took on the job as general manager <laughs> of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now he's like Charlie Brown with like three sprigs up there. <laughs> <laughs> if, there if there's one thing, Dregs, if there's one thing I never comment on, it's somebody His else's hair? salad. Yeah, I just <laughs> look at this thing. What am I going to say? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not an avid listener or watcher of the Rain Driggs podcast. We'll have to find out next time. Oh, we'll you'll tell him. You'll oh, tell yeah, him for sure I'll tell him. Yeah. All right, Cal Pickard made 27 saves for the Oilers. Um, unfortunately, that wasn't nearly good enough. They gave up that 2 nothing lead. It, 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 it had elements of being a decent game. But once again, the Oilers' defensive woes continue Oof. and continue to plague them. Um, I mean... Talk Drake's about coach was bump. The... If there was a coach bump, that wasn't yeah. a bump. That was like a blip, a little pimple. That wasn't a bump. So Okay, which goal? I don't know if it was the third goal or the fourth goal. Uh, not just a single one guy out, but what is Evan Bouchard doing? Yeah. He's, he's just skating around in a circle. Yeah. And, uh, like, I, he has to be one of their better defenders, and it's not even close. The goaltending is a mess. Like, it really is. Like, what are you expecting Pickard to be able to do? Yeah. Right? You Sure, you would have liked a couple of more saves, and I'm sure he would have too. But, man, it's a really tough spot for a guy that hasn't played in the league for four years to come in and expect him he's going to lock the door down. Yeah. Right? I. How do you go find a goalie? What do you pay for it? What do you, you know, like... And if you get a goalie, are you trying to get a starter or are you trying to get someone to play rotationally with Skinner? Like it, because that's, that's, yeah, because that's going to affect what you have for assets to move. Yeah. That, that, those are tough losses for them because you're right. Any, any sense of momentum there just now feels like it just left. It's just gone again. Yeah. What is it? I mean, you you played on some tough teams over the years. I'm not compl- you know, I'm not going to make the comparison to Atlanta, Edmonton. They're light years apart. That's not mm-hmm. the point I'm making. What I make point I'm making is a player. When you're in that room, the media is part of your job. That's what you you know that you sign up yeah. for that. That's what you have to do. You take the good, you deal with the bad. That's that's what you do. But that leadership core um, is running out of answers. Right. I mean, the questions are tough because they have to be tough. They're fair tough. I mean, the the fan base is frustrated, but as a player, you're sitting there going, know, "What do you want me to tell you?" Like, <laughs> you know. Oh, okay. So here's here's the easy thing again. Like I I was telling you about 
Columbus and how easy it is. I'm sitting in my house to make the decisions that you need to make. And yeah, same thing in Edmonton, but I've been in that room when the frustration is like, you can feel it. You can almost touch it. The solution is to find a way to let the frustration drain, but it just doesn't happen that way. When you're, when you're in the middle of it, man, it's like it, it's coming at you from all sides. Everything feels like the worst thing. And it, it, you know, you, you can think about, oh, you need more from Dreisaitl and more from McDavid, which of course you do. But in the third period, Evander Kane takes a misconduct yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I know he'd, he'd had a good little run there, but like, it's always something that, that term, you know, whack-a-mole really feels like where the Oilers are at. Like you're, you put out one fire, here's another one over here. It, like it never ends for them. And until they can find a way as a group to let that frustration drain, they're going to have good because they have good players and then yeah. they're going to have bad when the frustration bubbles up again. All right. Uh, just a, a thought or two quickly on, on the Florida Panthers who quietly – maybe not so quiet of late, they've won seven of eight, are climbing the conference, climbing in the division, and this is a team that is on a roll. And and should we be surprised by this? And one thing I will say is I know Billy Zito well. Um, you know, he's been on the podcast. You know, he's, his brain is always churning, and he's always yeah, yeah. He, he's always got something going on, which is why Florida's been connected to Patty Kane, you know, among the teams of, of interest. Um He's just, he's going to find a way to make this team better. But right now they look pretty good again. Are, you know, are you at all surprised? I'm, I'm going to say this, I'm shocked. And the reason I am is they've had Brandon Montour and Aaron Ekblad back in their lineup for about five days. Paul Maurice said last year at the tail end of the playoffs, you know, when they were eliminated, how hard it was going to be to make the playoffs this year given the injury problems they were going to have yeah. coming out of the gate. Cause they knew about Montour and um, uh, they knew about Ekblad. They knew they were going to have to lose a player or two because of cap stuff. And I mean, Sam Reinhart has elevated his game to a place that he's kind of washed over some of the losses that they've had, yeah. but Dregs, I'm, I'm going to, it's not the best because you know, when you say something is the best, you may have forgotten a year or two somewhere in there. This is among Paul Maurice's best coaching jobs mm. because they have built a team now in Florida. Again, in, in comparison to Columbus, where I said like they don't have, you know, they're not big or small or whatever. They've built an identity in Florida. Yeah. They really have. If you go in there, you better be prepared to be physical to challenge for the puck, challenge for the game. They've, they've done a, a, an outstanding job in, in Florida. Like that, mm. that, that team feels like they can beat anybody. You can just see it. And Agreed. more and more, the Kane thing kind of makes sense. It, it really does. Mm. And so that's going to play itself out in the next little bit. But it, it makes sense. They've, they've, had a, they've had a really really impressive 20 games without two of their top three defensemen. It, like, yeah. I just, I, I'm really surprised and impressed with it. Slide him on the half wall on that power play. I think we, you know, you'd probably look pretty good there. 
<laughs> yeah, if so, there's now, I don't know how he's going to be able to skate and his pace and all that, but you get the puck in his hands, and I'm sure he's oh, still going to be incredibly dangerous. Yeah, we've got insider trading tonight, and undoubtedly, as we record here on Tuesday, Patty Kane and uh, the latest on his decision-making will be a big part of that. So thank you, Tim Hortons, for the headlines. Tim's new non-alcoholic Bailey's-flavored holiday menu. Enjoy the classic taste of the holidays anytime with a creamy Bailey's-flavored latte. Celebrate the season with the taste of the holidays with Tim's new non-alcoholic Bailey's-flavored holiday menu. Our interviews on Ray and Regs this year brought to us by Canadian Club Whiskey, who have introduced the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series, CC, 15-year-old Sherry Cask. Time for Ask Ray and Regs Anything. I teased this a little while ago. You can send us your questions on Twitter or Instagram at Ray and or on the website, rayandregs.com. Um, before we get to the Nylander question, which you kind of talked a little bit about, Kenneth O'Sullivan sent an interesting one late last week. He says, and obviously he's, he's old enough to remember how great Peter Forsberg was right mm. in the NHL. He goes, when I watch Peter Forsberg highlights, I often see a reverse hit on Ray <laughs> oh, yeah. in an LA Kings uh, jersey. So you remember it, obviously. And in your opinion, Ray, what made Peter Forsberg so special? He was a ferocious competitor. Like a, among the most competitive guys I ever played against. Yeah. Um, and he was mean and unbelievably talented. Um, sneaky big. You know, like he, he, was, he was a handful to, to play against. And yeah, the hit that he's talking about, it's freaking interference. I don't even have the puck. It's the first time I ever saw the reverse hit, and I was on my ass about a half a second after I saw it. I he hit me dead in the chest. It was like I had like a little button on my chest. My feet went straight out. I was like, and I remember being so mad. It's embarrassing to start with, but I was like so mad because I'm like, I don't have the puck. And they're like, he's protecting the puck. I'm like, no, he's not. He just knocked me over. So anyways, I, I'd say... I, his his superpower was his competitiveness. It was, oh man, he just what that guy went through to play, and to yeah. play at the level he did was remarkable. Does that play that play still bugs you? Doesn't it? Not on you specifically, but I've heard yeah. you yeah. as part of your analysis talk about it <laughs> because it, see, it's I think now, I it's, think it's Drake, a part of what players do now. Yeah, I think you're allowed to brace yourself and to you know, push back a little bit. But when the when the guy with the puck launches himself into the defender, that's interference every time, all day. And it yeah. never gets called. And <laughs> if I if it would happen to me, I would be furious every time. <laughs> furious Ray is a better Ray in certain oh, situations. God, I oh that's not, that just bugs me, man. It's a penalty. <laughs> Hell. Uh, thanks, Kenny. That's a terrific question. All right. Uh, Cody Gucher, Gutcher, I'm not sure, but we'll go with Gucher. Um, and this is the Nylander question. You answered some of it, but he says, in past seasons, we've seen Nylander demoted down the lineup because of lackluster play and just not seem to be engaged. 
Do you think his play this year is solely based on a contract year? And secondly, do you think this new Nylander will continue after he gets his contract? Or will we see the familiar Nylander we have seen in years past? I think, Cody, I think it has nothing to do with his contract. I think zero, zero percent. And the reason I think that, as I said earlier, if Toronto doesn't want to sign him, he's getting $10 million somewhere else. More like more, it's, it's yeah. not like he's, it's not like he's begging for nickels here or that he's playing for his NHL life. That is pressure. Yeah. I think he's on, you called it a heater earlier. I think he's on that. I think he's in the prime of his career. The, the inconsistency when he was benched down the lineup, like was that two years, three years or four years ago? I don't remember because it sure as hell wasn't last year. This is a, it's, it's almost like if you look at a guy, that scored 40 goals three years ago and say, oh, you know, maybe he could get 40 again. No, he can't. He did it once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I would be stunned if there's an inconsistent drop down the lineup, Nylander still available. Because it, it's not there anymore. It's, it's not who he is. No, I agree. All right. Thanks, Cody. And thank you, Kenneth. Ask Ray and Riggs anything. Um... What's your travel schedule like? You're home. You can tell by the fancy well, backdrop. Now, yeah, I'm home until I leave um, in an hour <laughs> or two to go to Denver. <laughs> um, uh, Canucks in Colorado on what day is today? Today is today Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, Thursday? okay. So, yeah, Canucks. No, Canucks in Colorado on Wednesday. Wednesday. Right. Canucks at Seattle on Friday. Yeah. And then I'm going to San Diego early Saturday morning. My youngest guy, Reese, is in a soccer tournament. So oh, I'm nice. really looking forward to, to getting down and watching him. No kidding. Good for you. So, All right. That's, yeah, well, that's the week. What do you got going? What do you got? Yeah, just another insider week in the salt mine, right? Insider trading. Yeah, yeah insider, insider trading. trading. Yeah. yeah, we've got a rare, uh, well, not necessarily rare for the Maple Leafs. They seem to have a lot of Friday games this uh, this year. But uh, Bob McKenzie made, speaking of rare, a rare in-studio appearance last Friday as part of the regional coverage. One of his four. So that's, you know, Bobby Mack has blazed the trail for many of us, right? That's mm-hmm. the ultimate retirement package, isn't it? You know, you live in Florida most of the winter. You come out because you've contracted four Toronto Maple Leaf regional games in-studio you do your draft prep, you do all of this stuff and right. play golf the rest of the way. He says he's getting better. I got to see it. He, he's, oh, he joined a club. And so Bobby Max hooked. I like it. Love it. He doesn't do anything, you know, kind of half-assed, does he? Like, I remember yeah. he, he got this fancy rowing machine and he'd dive onto that thing for an hour, you know, <laughs> just pile into it. <laughs> Same thing with golf. Like he practices relentlessly. Uh, good um, for him. Yeah, yeah. But I, 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 and I'm not poking fun at him. I, w- I wonder what better is better. So if he was a hundred stroke player, sure, maybe he's ninety. That's that's a considerable, awesome. considerable. Yeah, but that's that's yeah. the thing with golf. It doesn't matter what you what your score is. You play yourself and you play the course yeah. and have some laughs with your buddies. Like that's yeah, good for him, man. Well, yeah. So you better be careful because pretty soon you know Bobby's going to negotiate strokes from you, and oh, then yeah. you're going to, and then pretty soon you're going to be playing uphill. I, I can just see it happening. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll travel safe uh, and enjoy the the soccer with your boys on the weekend. 
Yeah, well, we'll get. I think we got we got one more one before more. we get to one more. Yeah, we'll get before we get to San Diego. A little blast of sun and sure. So have a good week and thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, and thank you to the sponsors who continue to support Ray and Dregs, our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey, and Tim Hortons. Until next time, everybody, stay safe. <laughs>